0: This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 476. Great to have your company once again. This is Stephen Fennec. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, we get behind the wheel of the Polestar electric car months before its Australian release. NBN survey shows we're prepared for a hybrid holiday this summer. And who is the tech billionaire who's just bought a major share of the South Sydney Rabbitohs Rugby League team? In the tech guide reviews, we take a look at the new TCL 75 inch X925 8K TV. Arlo unveils a security camera that can be used anywhere and the 14-in-1 hub that can improve your home workspace. And we'll answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, I am no stranger to an electric car. I've been driving my Tesla Model S for three and a half years, can you believe, already. That's that's really gone fast. And so I'm familiar with EVs and, and everything that that entails. A lot of people, of course, are nowhere near their first EV purchase and those who are approaching it, I think it's getting the markets improving for them to jump into that world. I think that and The government's now making noises about increasing infrastructure and, and really looking after those needs for the near future where it's inevitable a lot more people are going to be getting behind the wheel of an electric car. So I think we, we've got to prepare for that. And one of the brands that's coming to Australia is the Polestar and I had the pleasure of driving the Polestar Two electric car, and this car doesn't come out in Australia till early next year. So I, I was uh, privileged to be able to get behind the wheel months before its Australian release, and boy, did it turn heads! This is the, the Polestar Two, it's sort of a mid mid-sized car. It is really attractive. I think the the design is what really drew people in. For a start, they they didn't they weren't familiar with the brand. So that was the first question I was asked, what brand of car is that? And I had to explain, it's Polestar, it's a sister company of Volvo, so they do have that automotive pedigree coming from, from that, uh, that relationship, and so P- Volvo and Polestar are both uh, companies in a larger conglomerate. So they, they, they have been sharing, sharing uh, t- technology, sharing other things to help them create this vehicle, So it does have a bit of the Volvo DNA under the hood, let's just say. But this is a really attractive-looking car. It's got 20-inch alloy wheels. It's got this really nice design. I think it's really – you look at it, you think, yeah, it looks a little bit like a Volvo. It looks like a Volvo's cousin, similar style headlights and shape. But it did attract a lot of attention, including my neighbours when they, they delivered this car the neighbours were crowding around asking all these questions and the Polestar people who were, who had delivered the car were still there answering all their questions. It was like a little impromptu press conference uh, of all my neighbours that were really interested. But the interest didn't stop there. I'd be... I'd be I'd be parking the shop parking this at a shopping center, or people saying, "Oh mate, what sort of car is that? I've never seen that before." And I said, "Well, there's a reason you've never seen it before. It's not out yet." And there was a couple of times in traffic where I was there, and and a guy would next to me sort of indicating for me to wind my window down, and where we it was a red light, and he was asking, oh, he asking all sorts of questions. So where, where is It, it Looks really that's a nice looking car. When when's that come out? What is it?" And I had to get all this information out before the light turned green, which I did, um, and. So just just on that reaction, I think that you're going to see, this is the car, I think, that can really be the catalyst for increased sales of EVs in Australia. Because at the moment, of course there's Tesla, and that's that's only been an electric car, but you do have these other existing automotive brands that are electrifying their fleet, so you are seeing companies like Mercedes-Benz and Audi and and Porsche and Hyundai, Kia, Volvo. I think Volvo is going to be fully electric by, I think, 2025 or something like that. So we're seeing... So customers are familiar with some brands that are going electric. There are other brands, like Tesla, who are only electric, only have ever been electric. Polestar is another one of those. So I think it's becoming... It's, the The conditions for switching are getting better for Australians now. This car, the Polestar Two, it starts at sixty thousand Aussie dollars, so it's still it's still maybe a little bit too expensive for some people to make the jump. It is uh, a lot more competitively priced than I thought it would be, and and you can spec this car up so it's you could be paying up to ninety something thousand, all the bells and whistles and all the extras and added range and all of that things that go that goes with it so um, there's that option for you as well but I think that in terms of pricing this kind of puts it head to head with the Model 3 the Tesla Model 3 has been a runaway success in Australia really popular and I think this kind of puts it in that ballpark there are cheaper electric cars there's your MG as an electric car Kia Hyundai have electric vehicles around a little bit cheaper than this actually no or around this price. So this is kind of your your entry ballpark there, there are not many that are cheaper than this. So I think that's obviously another consideration for customers the, do do you spend 60,000 on an electric car or do you spend 20,000 on a Corolla or a, you know a, a smaller car that's 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 a still a petrol car. These are the questions that customers are going to be asking. But in terms of the Polestar two, I have to say, really enjoyable drive and and being electric, of course, it was it was quiet. It had uh, the similar, not not quite the same amount of torque as a Tesla. So off the mark, it was it was good, not great, not as good as a Tesla. Tesla would kind of pin you back in your seat when you. On my Model S of surprised many a person who uh, wanted to experience that sudden acceleration, and that's why Teslas have very high headrests so that you. You're not going to get whiplash. I tell people actually before I I give the car a bit of a squirt when it's a bit when when they want to experience the speed. I tell them just put your head back, and that 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 kind of scares a lot of people, but they enjoy it nonetheless. But uh, the Polestar still has a lot of some great performance. It's it's uh, topped by the 300 kilowatt uh, dual motor variant. It's got a large 78 kilowatt battery. There are two front-mounted single motor variants as well, so available either with the same long-range battery and a hundred and seventy kilowatt motor, or a smaller standard-range battery, sixty-nine kilowatts, and the one seventy kilowatt motor. The dual-range, the long-range dual motor model that we drove has a torque of six hundred and sixty Nm and can go zero to one hundred in four point seven seconds, which is impressive. Not Tesla territory, but still pretty good top speed of 205 kilometres an hour, has a standard range of, of 480 kilometres. The long range standard, it has a 540 kilometre range, single range standard range, single motor, 470 kilometres range. So you're looking between 470, 540, depending on the model you choose. And range is one of those questions that come up straight away with people wanting to know more about electric cars. if that, That's the most often asked question I get about my car. How far can you go without before you need to recharge it? And it's the same answer as how far can you go before you need petrol? And that, that curiosity, I, although I don't think many people consider, think of that when they buy a petrol car, because petrol stations are everywhere. They don't need to say, oh, how many kilometres do I go on a full tank? I don't think that's a question petrol car drivers ask. Because, as I said, there's petrol station on every corner, but whereas an EV on an EV, there's a bit of range anxiety. They're asking these questions because, yes, there are. More and more community charges appearing. So NRMA have a whole chain, Charge Fox, Charge Point. There's all these these generic uh, charges that are available for all EVs. Tesla charges are only for Tesla vehicles, by the way. So if you're someone who's looking, seeing all these Tesla charges, thinking, "Oh, there's plenty of places I can charge my car," but if you don't buy a Tesla, those are you can't use those charging spot points. But Good news is there are many, many others that are popping up in car parks and hotels and on highways and shopping centres and all around the place. So you are seeing that appearing. And uh, the government is also moving in that direction to provide the infrastructure, especially on highways and other other thoroughfares where there'll be a lot of people who will need to charge their vehicles. Uh, How they're going to get the power, where it's going to come from, that's an argument for another day. But I think this, this car, the Polestar 2, a positive move forward, a positive offering for people who are aspiring to an EV. This is a really nice car. Five-door fastback, really nice minimalist look, really strong stance. It's got a 2.735-metre wheelbase. Uh, the car we had had the 20-inch alloy wheels, frameless side mirrors, full LED rear light bar. Now, the car... Is powered. There's plenty of tech built in the car, including the 11 inch central screen. Looks like a, about an iPad size and shape screen. 11.2 inch center display. And it's running Android Automotive OS. Now, that is not, I repeat, not Android Auto. Android Auto, like CarPlay, replicates your phone's system in the car. This is not Android Auto. This is Android Automotive OS, which is its own OS. So whether you've got an iPhone or Android, it pairs to the system, but it doesn't replicate your phone's system or apps and things like that. So it pairs to your car, just like my Tesla has its own system. It's not... It's, I don't have CarPlay, I don't have Android Automotive, but it's got its own system. Same with the Polestar, has its own system. So that way you can access apps that are that are appropriate for the road, like Spotify and all these streaming apps, music streaming apps. But also, to it does allow you to connect your phone via Bluetooth. There's the Google Maps built in, Google Assistant built in. So all the features of Google and all the handy features that Android offers are baked in. To the pole start too. So go from from the minute you step in the car, you think, okay, there's a lot of stuff you can control. And like a Tesla, there are it's a very minimal button layout, no buttons and knobs. It's all done through the screen. There are on steering wheel, there is some controls that allow you to control cruise control, lane assist, and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, mostly done through the screen. There are, it's got a Harman Kardon 600-watt premium audio system with 13 speakers, so a really good sounding system. There are four USB connectors, two in the front, two in the rear, and there's also a wireless charging pad in the centre console for your phone, and uh, there's a 12.3-inch driver display, so that's in front of the steering wheel, and that offers at-a-glance information like your speed, your battery status, the power of regeneration levels, driver assist, safety functions, navigation warnings, all that sort of stuff, and it even gives you a map. If you got a looking at a map on Google Maps, it's also, it also appears in front of the driver as well, so you can see exactly where you need to go. Now, this is, I think, going to make a bit of noise when it arrives. This this really nice-looking car, it is, I think, sort of more on the more affordable side of electric cars, Model 3 territory. So I think for those who are looking to make the switch, Keep an eye out in early 2022 for the Polestar 2. I, as I said, was lucky enough to get behind the wheel. There's my full story on Tech Guide. I've also done a short video as well. If you want to see what it's like inside, what it's like to drive, there's plenty of pictures there for you to get a feel for the Polestar 2, which I really enjoy driving. If you want to read more about that and watch the video, you know where to go. Check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Now this summer, are you prepared to take a hybrid holiday? And you're probably saying, Steve, what the hell's a hybrid holiday? Well, the NBN, through a little survey they conducted called the Flexible Lifetime Lifestyle Survey, is based on research by YouGov, commissioned by the NBN. So they've discovered that there is this emerging trend among Australians, this willingness to have A hybrid holiday, which is spending time away with your family or your friends while staying on top of your work. Now, everywhere I go is a hybrid holiday because I've got to run my website and it's just me doing it. So I'm always working and every holiday I've ever had since I started Tech Guide nearly 11 years ago has been a hybrid holiday. So I think what, what the NBN's inferring here is that you consider where we've come in the last couple of years. Work has been proven to be a thing you do, not a place you go. We've been working at home. Our hybrid employment is a thing as well. So some employees can choose to stay at home for a couple of days a week and go into the office the other, time, the other days of the week. And this lifestyle has emerged. And so we're used to being on top of stuff remotely. So I think that it's a natural step, Then, no surprise that 75% of respondents who can work remotely said they would consider staying up to date with their work while they're on holidays. Now, in terms of timing, of course, that's different. 35% said they'd like to have a hybrid holiday during a non-school holiday period. Take it, those probably people, those people probably don't have kids or school-aged kids anyway. 30% would prefer a hybrid holiday right after Christmas to extend their holiday. So uh, but but the bottom line of both is that they'll be hybrid. So they'll be staying in, in touch with work, staying on top of their projects, whatever that needs to be done. And because there's an NBN connection there, and more than 8.3 million Australian homes and businesses are are currently linked to the NBA network. 77% of these customers too on download speed plans are 50 megabits per second or higher. So I think that uh, the workers who were interested in that hybrid holiday still want to have, though, they want 90% say they wanted connected devices, streaming services. That's not like they're going to be roughing it. They still want to be connected. Almost half, that's 49%, said that also require fast, reliable broadband to make the remote working even easier. So hybrid holiday, are you willing to do that? Are you willing to go away with your family, with your friends, whatever you need to do, but also check in and just keep an eye on your work as well. Are you prepared to do that? Or you want to just cut the umbilical, get the hell out of there and enjoy your holiday? According to this, 75%, that's three in four, are willing to do that. They said they would consider staying up to date with their work while they're on holidays. Maybe make sure, maybe pass it, get the rubber stamp from your husband or wife and family first. You don't have to be bogged down with your work while the family's out water skiing and doing all the fun stuff. You want to be able to enjoy it as well. But that's the beauty of, like, whenever I'm on holiday, my wife and I, whenever we travel, I do all my writing at night or early in the morning so that the day's free. I've got my writing done. I can keep an eye on things through my phone and everything. So it is possible. I've, I've done this, and, and I think there's a lot of people who will find that it is possible for them as well. Are you one of those people? Let me know. If you want to read that full report, you can check it out if you want to at techguide.com.au. Now here is what people, I shared this story on Tech Guide today and a couple of people commented, this is the perfect story for Stephen Fennec. It involves tech and it involves the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Now, the story I'm talking about, of course, is tech billionaire, Aussie tech billionaire, Mike Cannon-Brooks, the co-founder of Atlassian, has purchased a major share of the South Sydney Rabbitohs Rugby League Football Club. Now, he joins existing shareholders, none other than Russell Crowe and James Packer. So the the company that holds the... This is how Souths are structured. 75% is owned by Black Court League Investments Proprietary Limited. The other 25% is owned by the South Sydney Members Rugby League Football Club Limited. Now, that 25% share with the football club comes with the preferential shares that control the club's what they call core elements, like the team's name, Logo, colours, jersey, and choice of home ground. That is up to the 25% holding of the South Sydney Members Rugby League Football Club Limited. Black Court is the company that owns 75% of the Rabbitohs, and currently the share structure is 25% James Packer, 25% to Russell Crowe, and now 25% has been bought by Cannon Brooks. I'm assuming Cannon Brooks... Absorbed, so I think the James Packer and Russell Crowe shared seventy five percent. So what, what's half of seventy five? So that's uh, thirty five. So thirty seven and a half percent each. So they've they've probably um, their their shares have, have diluted down to twenty five percent to make up for the introduction of Canon Brooks into the company. So they now earn a third share each of Blackcourt which owns 75% of the club. So, uh, and, and Cannon Brooks' investment too, no impact on the 25% share owned by the club members. So that'll stay the same. Now, this is remarkable story because Mike Cannon Brooks is an Aussie-born and bred, multi-multi-billionaire. His partner is uh, Scott Farquhar. So they were the co-founders and co-CEO of Atlassian, Now, Atlassian is a software company that they've created software that helps teams organize, discuss, and complete shared work. And they've got more than 215,000 organizations, large and small, around the world on the books. Some of these companies include Spotify, Sotheby's, Visa, and NASA, he also uses Atlassian. Atlassian, by the way, headquartered right here in Sydney, Australia. Cannon Brooks also owns a share in the Utah Jazz NBA team, the National Basketball Association team. So he's, a, he's, he's got a share in two sports franchises now, South Sydney Rabbitohs and the Utah Jazz. And of course, naturally, the his co-shareholders were delighted to have him on board. Um, it, it's, it's really really shows the strength of the South Sydney brand to see that an investor of this calibre has put their hard-earned money on the club. Now, I believe he's obviously a supporter of the club. I've seen him before wearing his white on white hat with the Black Rabbitohs logo. There is a picture of him with uh, the South CEO, Blake Solly and and Mike together as, as part of this deal. But it is really interesting. I think that it's, I think that it's, A good move here, really puts the club in great stead. I think the club had a great year in 2021, made the grand final, unfortunately didn't win the grand final, but they had a great season on the field, and it looks like we're going to have a tremendous season off the field with this as well. Russell Crowe, he said, and I'm quoting, I'm sure it hasn't gone unnoticed that team members, Atlassian team members and supporters, uh, that Mike wears a white rabbit's hat, for special occasions it connects us to the front edge of emerging technologies and business and underlines the importance of our efforts in the community mike understands the resonance of sport in australia and james and i welcome his input going forward to keep south sydney ahead of the curve and a game leading organization on and off the field glory glory to south sydney Good, good news that he is on board and that he uh, is, is uh, supported to begin with, but I think uh, really does uh, give really bright plans for the future. I'm really excited that we've got this, this certainty now that there's really financial stability in the club, uh, both on the field with the team performing well and also off the field now with this latest investment by Mike Cannon-Brooks. So, uh, yeah, you want to read more about that? See what he actually looks like. Mike Cannabrooks, good uh, Aussie entrepreneur and billionaire and real, real real philanthropist too. He does a lot of charity work. He's uh, dedicated a lot of money to you know, climate change and all this sort of stuff. So he's really dedicated in that area too, as well as being dedicated, of course, to the mighty South Sydney Rabbitohs. You want to read more about that story? Check it out, techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. And now, a tech guide review with Stephen Fennick. Kicking off the reviews this week, we've done a, a report on the TCL X925 8K mini LED Google TV. Now, there's a lot of features. If you're shopping for a TV right now, and it's been a few years, you're probably thinking, what the hell does this all mean? 8K mini LED HDR10+. Plus, What the hell is all this? 75-inch TVs are now more popular than ever. And the good news is that all of those features I just mentioned can all be found on the TCL 75-inch X925 Mini LED 8K Google TV. So 8K resolution of 7680 by 4320. That's four times the resolution of 4K Ultra HD. So achieves a new level of clarity, not a lot of 8K content yet, but there is upscaling on this TV to take your existing content to look even better, and there's also, I'm noticing even more 8K content on YouTube, I did uh, look at a lot of YouTube on this TV, and I've got to say, 8K YouTube looked incredible on this television, but the good thing with this TV is that you'll notice along the bottom of the the screen is a built-in soundbar by Onkyo Audio. So not only are you getting the picture quality, but the audio quality as well. So out of the box, this is one of the best sounding TVs you'll ever hear. It's not uncommon to see other brands try to upsell you to buy a soundbar because on their own, the sound ain't that crash hot. It's good, not great. With the soundbar, of course, makes a big difference. But in this instance, the Onkyo soundbar, as well as the subwoofer, there's a subwoofer located on the back of the TV you're getting tremendous audio quality as well. And 75 inches too, that 75 and 85 inches, two of the fastest growing sizes in the market this year. So every inch of this TV you will appreciate. It's a quantum dot TV, so that really produces optimal black levels, really nice color. But what makes it even better is the mini LED backlighting. This is a trend we're seeing across multiple brands this year. And what that means, rather than having sort of the button size backlights, which really limited the size, the number of dimming zones you could have on the TV, these mini LED backlights are now microscopic sized lights that allow more definition, allow for deeper blacks and way more dimming zones than ever before. So uh, that, that helps you produce better black levels, gives you better contrast, better brightness, and the reproduction of color is even more accurate. There's also the technology on board called Full Array Precision Black Backlight Brightness. That controls the illumination of the black backlight, so it's more consistent and smoother across the entire width of the panel, so you don't get all this this sort of this mismatch mismatch of brightness in some areas of the screen. It is smooth and consistent. Uh, so that is, you'll notice that straight out of the box. It's also got HDR on board, HDR 10 plus. That also increase includes, uh, contributes to the picture quality because it does allow blacker blacks, brighter whites and everything else in between. That's the thing with high dynamic range. It's that dynamic range of colors that is really, that really pops. It also has Dolby Vision IQ on board and that's a gives you a new level of picture control so the TV can be optimized for your viewing environment. Light sensor in the TV, measure its surroundings, and adjust the output for optimal picture quality. Having 8K resolution, though, it does give you a little bit of a, you've sort of future-proof your purchase a bit. You know that down the track, there's going to be 8K. If you build it, they're going to come. 8K content is pretty scarce right now, but in the near future, you're going to see a hell of a lot more. Uh, not re- Having having 8K, it really you can, as I said, showcase it with YouTube. There are a lot of AK YouTube, but also the upscaling capabilities of this TV is very impressive as well. You will see an improvement there. So it does it does have the TCL AI PQ engine on board. So that's a processor that does all the heavy lifting when it comes to real-time processing, detecting your viewing environment, upscaling video, upscaling audio even, and optimizing the picture in real time based on what you're viewing. So it'll see that there's green, that's grass, blue, that's the ocean. It's going to make it look better. It's smart enough to do that on the fly. Now, I mentioned the audio as well. The processor can also examine the output and eliminate distortion of signal so that the speakers on board the TV, you're getting the premium volume so it sounds as good as it looks. Now, the sound bar does really improve the experience. The speaker runs across the entire width of the TV and... Not only can handle the sound very well, but also delivers and and I hear a lot of people complaining they can't hear the voices very clearly. Now this TV delivers clear dialogue as well through the built into that soundbar are two 15 watt mid bass speakers and tweeters. There's a built-in 30 watt subwoofer on the back. So that provides that extra punch for those explosions and crowds and action sequences. So it really does look Sound and look really good. Several sound modes as well, so you can feel like you're at the standard mode, movie mode, music, voice mode, game mode, dynamic, and stadium mode. Depending on what you're watching or playing, it'll sound better than ever. Now, speaking of gamers, TCL has recognized the fact that gamers are a massive part of their customer base because those gamers have these next level consoles, they want a great screen to play their games. And you've got to remember, game quality is remarkable now. Looks good, sounds good. So you want to have the same capabilities, the same quality as you would for your movies. Now, having said that, they've added to the TV variable refresh rate up to 120 hertz, auto low latency mode. So the game you're playing not only looks good, but also is fast to refresh. So you get the competitive edge as well. Uh, It also has HDMI 2.1 on board, perfect for your Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 to take your gaming to another level. Uh, It's also running the Google TV platform, which we mentioned, so that provides a really nice, easy-to-navigate platform, but also puts a massive amount of content at your fingertips as well. So there is a recommendation engine there. It has all your favorite streaming apps at your fingertips also, like Netflix, Stan, Apple TV, Prime Video, uh, YouTube, all there. And the good thing too, the recommendations put all these shows that you watch, so it scans the content across all your viewing platforms and gives you the latest movies or TV shows, so it's really easy to find something to watch. So I think the the TV, all in all picture quality's on on the money. Sound quality's remarkable as well through the built-in soundbar. You've got a great operating system with Google TV. So tremendous package you got here. The TCL 75-inch X925 Mini LED 8K Google TV. It's priced at 5,999 bucks, but that's the recommended retail price. You can get a you're going to get a way better price than that in-store. So don't let that that price put you off. You are definitely going to get it cheaper in-store. The TCL 75-inch mini-LED, AK Google TV. Do you want to read our complete report, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Big news with Arlo. Arlo is one of the leading wireless camera, wireless security camera brands, and they've just released in the US, uh, not coming out till early next year here in Australia, the Arlo Go 2. This is a 4G wireless security camera, so it can monitor areas where there's no Wi-Fi. You think about this, Arlo, the current range is for your home, where there's Wi-Fi, your front door, your back door, wherever you want it. You can view it as long as it's in range of your Wi-Fi network. But what about if you want to monitor somewhere that has no Wi-Fi, like a construction site, or your holiday home, or where your boat happens to be to be moored, or any other place where you want to monitor, it's like a rural remote property, no Wi-Fi, but you still want to check in and see what's going on and receive notifications if there's any movement, anything going on there? Well, the Arlo Go to 4G is just what you need. It comes with a 4G LTE data plan so that the camera is continuously connected to the cellular network for uninterrupted security. Of course, it has that weatherproof design so it can be positioned anywhere to keep an eye on your boat, your caravan or other more remote locations. It's got a swappable rechargeable battery, can also connect directly to Wi-Fi if it's in range, if you do have that uh also has uh, full HD 1080p color night vision full uh full duplex audio so two way audio so you can talk through the speaker as clearly and and as responsive as talking like on a phone call there's also a built-in siren which you can trigger manually or automatically if there is any unwanted visitors nearby. Uh, also has the, the camera also interesting has GPS locations, GPS positioning, so you can track the camera's whereabouts to monitor your devices that may happen to be in multiple locations, or if someone steals it, you can track it on GPS. So uh, if you see an ALO to go to 4G. Leave it where it is. If you take it, they're going to know where you are. It's got GPS on board. So, you know, use your brain, leave it alone. Plenty of features on board. There's 100% wire-free design, all weather protection, secure local storage. If you want to insert a micro SD card into the camera, you can do that as well two-way audio, the colour night vision, uh, built-in siren, easy to locate the camera through its GPS positioning. Uh, No pricing just yet, but the Arlo Go 2 4G will be available in Australia in early 2022. So keep an eye on that. If you want to keep an eye on your things that are out of Wi-Fi range, the Arlo Go 2 4G is just the solution. If you want to read more about it, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Next up, we're talking about a desktop hub. This isn't any old hub, by the way. This is the Bon Elk 14-in-1 desktop hub. So this is, this is ideal if you want to add a 4K monitor to your laptop or desktop. Organise your desktop as well because this is four ten in one. So there's plenty of ports to use here. It's a has a has a nice stand as well, so it's it sits upright to easier to access the the ports. Uh, whether it's a USB port or a memory card port, there's plenty of those on board. But also too has USB uh, USB three, also Thunderbolt three connections as well USB C, so you can connect. It's got two HDMI ports as well, 4K HDMI ports as well. So your choice then to connect via the HDMI port, the USB-C port, or the the Thunderbolt port, Thunderbolt 3 port as well. There's also a gigabit Ethernet port. So if you want to connect your internet through there also, it's a it's an all-in-one all, all in one hub, 14-in-one. Plenty of connections here. So it is really handy. There, there are the two 4K HDMI ports, three USB 3 ports, a USB 2.0 port, two USB-C ports and a gigabit Ethernet port and connects to your computer via one of those USB-C ports with the included 50 centimeter USB-C cable and it works with Mac and Windows computers, so uh, it is a operating system agnostic. We'll work across the board there for Mac and Windows. Through the dual HDMI ports, you can connect video-enabled USB-C or Thunderbolt 3 devices to dual HDMI displays. You can connect a TV, monitors, a projector, so you get 4K video and high-quality audio as well. The HDMI ports can support 4K at 30 hertz or full high definition 1080p at 60 hertz. So I don't think you're going to be disappointed here with the quality this thing can provide, especially now the kind of workspaces we're setting up. This is ideal. And despite the pandemic kind of being at an end and was things almost back to normal, there are still people who have this hybrid work arrangement. So there are some days they are working from home. Some, sometime, some people are staying working from home all the time. Companies are also giving that option. So having a device like this really does help because uh, there there is a need to have this c- connectivity. There's a need to have multiple monitors in some cases. There's also slots to read an SD card and micro SD cards as well. So really fast transfer of images, videos, data. And and the other great thing too, it does not require any power. Power is drawn from the computer that it's connected to, to the hub, so uh, via USB-C. So no need to uh, provide have an additional power point or power cord. And uh, speaking of power, one of the USB-C ports even offers a hundred watt charging to your laptop, smart device, or computer as well. So you can charge things through the BonElk USB-C 14-in-one multi-port desktop hub. If you're looking to expand your connectivity you need extra monitors, external hard drives, other accessories, this can do the trick for you. So I think it's uh, worth taking a look at. And I really like the upright stand because it it has a tiny footprint. So it hardly takes up any room on your desktop. Really easy to use and can can give your system so much more capability. The Bonelk usb c 14 410-in-1 multi-port desktop hub. You can buy it now at JB Hi-Fi, and it's priced at 199 bucks. If you want to read more about that, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. You're listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fenwick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Now, if you're an online gamer, you want the best performance while still helping to maintain your computer's security, and that's exactly what Norton 360 for gamers offers. The patented game optimizer technology can help maximize gaming performance while still helping to maintain the level of security you come to expect from Norton Lifelock. Game Optimizer can free your PC from power-hungry programs running in the background that eat up your system's resources, helping you get more performance out of your rig. Whether you're a hardcore gamer or just a casual player, Norton 360 for Gamers helps provide multiple layers of protection for your devices, game accounts, and digital assets. Norton 360 for Gamers also includes features that help protect against cyber threats, including malware and webcam takeovers. If you want to help ensure all the available computing power of your system is allocated to the game for maximum performance, while still helping to maintain maximum protection, then put Norton 360 for Gamers on your team. Listeners of the Tech Guide podcast will receive a 50% discount to a year's subscription of Norton 360 for Gamers by using the promo code TECHGUIDE when they visit au.norton.com forward slash techguide. All your tech questions answered. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk. The tech Guide Help Desk is brought to you by our good friends at Belkin. Belkin is a place where if you want to buy cables, charging devices, power banks, they've also got a really cool range of earphones now that uh, they have just been released too. They're Soundform earphones, well worth checking out. Belkin.com forward slash AU. Now, I've got an interesting little little question uh sent to me and it's it's funny how normally the solution to some of the biggest issues is something very very simple i had a guy contact me saying that his samsung phone he, he the usb port the usb cable won't go in all the way to the in his C port so he's unable to charge it battery's running dead and he he was at a loss why isn't this working and my suggestion was to get a pin and to stick it inside the USB-C port and pull out any fluff and lint that might be in there. Now, you think about where your phone sits. For many of us, it's in our pocket, and that's where a lot of lint and fluff and stuff can get in to the USB-C port. Even on an iPhone, I've seen this. My son was, was came to me said, look, I can't charge. The cord's in there. It's not charging. I got a safety pin out and pulled this massive blob, this little wad of fluff that was in there. And this, this person who contacted me with this issue with his Samsung phone replied to me today on email. He says, I can't believe it. I pulled this massive little fluff ball out of the port and now it's charging fine. So isn't that funny how little things you think is a technical issue, it is right quite a simple solution. So if you are having that same issue, and you 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 can't charge your phone or your tablet. Check, get out a pin. You'll be surprised to see how much fluff and lint can actually get into that charging port. So, uh, it is something that I do as a, as like as maintenance on my phone. Like once a month, once every couple of months, I get in there, just clean out the port, make sure it's all clear of fluff. Because I carry my phone in my pocket, and that's where fluff sits and lint and all this stuff and uh, it, it does manage to get in there, just like it gets into your belly button. Have you ever noticed that? <laughs> the, the, you get a little bit of link in your, in your belly button, and it's always blue. Am I right? I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but same thing. If it gets into your belly button, it can also get into your phone's charging port. That is the full-time siren on the Tech Guide podcast, episode 477. Thank you so much for listening. If you need to find out anything we've spoken about, you can find it for sure at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch with us, we'd love hearing from you. Send us an email, info at techguide.com.au, or click on the Ask Stephen icon on the right edge of the site, and that will send me an email. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and Norton, the company that can keep you and your family and your devices safe online. Please support the sponsors that support the Tech Guide podcast. Thank you once again for listening. We'll be back with another show next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.